actually, uh, if you're visiting, we're in a series right now. It's called Making Love Stick. We're talking about the idea of love and marriage, and uh, it's been a great couple of weeks, and I think it's because love is in the air. It's February, isn't it? Valentine's Day was just a couple of weeks ago, and people just do romantic things, don't they? Valentine's Day, February, it kind of re- rekindles that love in relationships. I heard a story last week on the radio of a, uh, a guy decided he wants to really just uh, do something special for his wife, so he thought, I'm going to make her um, a necklace with a bullet on it. Because what wife wouldn't want a bullet around her neck on a chain? So, uh, wonderful gesture. So, uh, he thought, well, I've got to get the chain through the bullet. Uh, true story. I, you know, this, this actually happened in the report of the news. So, he thought, I'll drill a hole in the end of the bullet. Uh, I can put the uh, chain through it. Well, apparently... That's not advisable. I don't know much about bullets, but I definitely wouldn't go near one with a drill. Uh, As he was drilling this hole through the bullet, it ignited the bullets. The bullet went off, and it shot him in the leg. (laughs) Fortunately, he survived. The uh, ambulance came, took him to hospital, and, and he's okay. But the truth is, there is a guy now that can say to his spouse, I took a bullet for you. That's how much I love you. He's an idiot, but he can say... I took a bullet for you. So if you can't say that this morning to your spouse, then uh, there's the target we're aiming for. So, um, so I want to just say in this series, uh, maybe you're here this morning and at this particular point in your life, you're single. Uh, maybe you are waiting to be married. Maybe you once were married and are not married now. Um, I just want to say, please don't in any way interpret this series as saying that you know, people who are married, they're this level and people who aren't. That is not what we're talking about at all. I really believe that God has called people to be single, to go through a stage of life or maybe even the rest of their life, whatever it may be. And I don't want you in any way through this series to feel any less. We're talking in this series to those people who are married and we're saying, listen, God has some really great advice to give to married couples. He has some great Jesus when he taught and and Paul and the other disciples, when when they would teach, there was some wonderful teaching on relationships And we can all learn from this series when it comes to relationships because every one of us have relationships with workers, co-workers at work and family and neighbors, but they talked a lot about relationships in the context of marriage. So in this series, Making Love Stick, that's exactly what we've been talking about. And to partner with this, we've, we've introduced a new strategy here at uh, Connect, and it's called Married People. Uh, you'll hear a lot about this in, in future months and years to come, where we're just trying to invest into the lives of married people. There'll be different things occasionally throughout the year. We had our first Married People event on a Friday night. It was a date night, and uh, people stopped by the Connect Center, and they picked up a bag, and uh, off they went for a... Uh, a night out as couples. I grabbed some pictures of some of those uh, hashtag connect date night pictures, some brilliant pictures there. And uh, we put this together yesterday morning. And then last night, I saw a whole bunch of other pictures go up from people who who made their date night last night. And I know some have still got theirs to come. And it was just a great night. Casey and I participated. And uh, it was just a fun night. We went out together. And um, in the bag that we picked up, there was like a kind of a sheet with some questions just to get the conversation going in, and some were fun questions, some were a little bit deeper. Um, I didn't want to give anything away for those who haven't had their date night yet, but one of the questions was, if you were stuck on a desert island uh, for a week, and you could only take three things with you, what would you take? So I went first, and obviously I'm very, you know, pragmatic, sensible. I said I would take one of those buckets that we had at Christmas here that filtrates water and purifies water. I definitely would have one of those, so we can drink clean water, insect repellent, and suntan lotion. 
Pretty smart, huh? I'm in a desert island. I mean, I need this kind of stuff. I can eat coconuts. I don't need food, you know. So I just want to stay healthy and alive while I'm there. So, so then it's Casey's turn. She says, well, I would take one of those buckets as well to clean the water. I'm like, I've got a bucket. Why, why would you take a bucket as well? You can share my bucket. And, and, and an argument broke out. I left the restaurant angry. <laughs> I didn't really, but I did kind of chuckle, wondering, I hope these questions are getting some good conversation and not people arguing over what was the best thing to take on their desert island. But you know, after the fun questions, there were some other questions kind of breaking into um, what future us looks like. It got couples thinking about what would, I look, what would our relationship look like in the future? How, how, how are we going to get there? If, if we want future us to look like this in 5, 10, 20 years from now, is that just going to happen naturally? Or is that something we're going to have to work at to get there? And if we're going to have to work at it, what kind of things are we going to have to do? What are we going to have to invest into our relationship to help us reach that goal that we one day hope to get to? Because the truth is, if you're here this morning and you're married, whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, I think deep down inside of you, you have this desire to, to move to a point of future us. I think every one of us has that desire to grow old together. And I'll tell you why I think that's true, because I'm going to show you a video clip in a minute, and I think every one of you is going to cry, and you're going to think, that's what I want. So this clip I'm going to show you, it's from a British show. I have to explain that so you can adjust to the, the weird language. Um, you've had a few years of listening now, so hopefully you'll be adapted and we'll be able to understand it. But um, the show is kind of a reality show, and it takes place in the A&E department, which is our version. That's accident and emergency, so the emergency department of a hospital. And uh, basically, as people come in to get treated, they film what's going on, and they just kind of get to know a little bit of the story of the patient and who they are. So check out when they filmed one day uh, the story of John and his wife. My wife needs me and uh, I can't possibly leave her. John was admitted to A&E with a heart problem. How long have you been married? Uh, 65 years in June. Yeah. My goodness me. Well, I was a telephone engineer and she was a telephone operator. And I saw this shapely piece walking down the switchroom with her hair flowing. I said to myself, she's the one for me. And 70 years since our first date, on the 28th of June, 1946. That's very romantic that he remembers your date. Well, I'd got it planned that we were going to an expensive theatre in Leicester Square. But from the word go, when we got on number 11 bus to Victoria, she said, no, oh, she said, it's a good film on and it's much cheaper. His mother didn't like me. <laughs> I was too thin. We'd have beans on toast afterwards. And if I had an extra sixpence, which sometimes I did have, we had chips as well. She liked you towards the end, didn't she? The first film we saw was Dark Corner. It was shown on television many years later, and I taped it. So now, on our special celebration, we have our beans on toast and we have the film. My wife, she's in the first stage of Alzheimer's, which there's no cure for. The snag is, you know, it's not gonna get any better. I'm sorry, but that's the way it is. You never know what mum's gonna be like from one day to the next. When she's not so good, it's, it's like his, He's lost the woman he loves. 
Sad. I can't be greedy. We both had a good laugh together. You look nice and brown. It's real. When she has her lucid days, then it, it's just wonderful because it's having mum back and dad having his wife back. Like old times. You go out for a walk hand in hand, it seems marvellous. Yeah, we're ready to go. We'll go and sit in the park and sit there in the sun and the passers-by nod to us and we hold hands and uh, that's how I like to think of my life. If I had my life over again, I'd want her as my partner. That's for sure. that so many times and it's just such a lovely story and I think every one of us connects to it because there's a part of every one of us that deep down that's what we aspire to but sometimes life just gets in the way doesn't it and relationships are hard and there's conflicts to work through we've talked a little bit about that over the last couple of weeks but what I want to talk about this morning is just the idea that you know I don't think we can just hope that one day we've got a story like John's to tell. You know, if we cross our fingers, if we pray real hard, then maybe 50 years from now, we'll be telling a story like that. I think we've got to be intentional. I think we've got to have some date nights. I think we've got to say, okay, this is the, the plan I'm going to put in place. So this morning, that's what I want to talk about, the idea of being intentional. You know, in Luke chapter 14, Jesus was teaching one day, and listen to what he said. He says, don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there is enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone would laugh at you. They would say, that's the person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. Now, it's funny because this is Jesus talking about being a follower of Jesus. He's actually challenging the, those people following him and saying, listen, I want you to be my followers, but you need to count the cost. It's not going to be easy. You know, coming into a relationship and following me, count the cost. But I think it's true of relationships in general. I wonder if all of us could go back to that, that day when we got engaged and we got married, if we really realized just what that would bring us into, you know, the, the lifelong um, commitment to marriage and, and the hurdles we'd have to overcome. We've uh, been doing a lot of work, as Justin said recently, on the Connect Center. And it's true. Anytime you start a project, it always ends up being bigger and more complex than you imagine. So I think it's important to count the cost. But now that we're here, um, what's it going to take to invest into these relationships? I think sometimes we, uh, we go into maybe a marriage a little bit naive, a little bit um, just thinking, oh, this will be great because I've seen lots of movies about marriage and, and relationships. So I know it'll be fine. I know we'll fall in love, and if there's any problems, love will get us through it. And if it doesn't, if we have conflict, I know in the middle of that difficult time, he'll just show up in a white limo with flowers. He'll climb up the outside of my apartment building, and everything will be okay. Or if we have that big argument, and I decide I'm going to get on a plane and fly somewhere, he's going to come running through the airport, and he will find me right before I'm going to get on that plane, and it'll be okay. 
Or maybe we have that breakup moment and I'm there with my friends just lamenting this relationship that once was and there'll be a knock on the door and it'll be him telling me that I complete him. (laughs) And I can say, you had me at hello. (laughs) Because that's what marriage is like, right? It's exactly like that. No, it's not. It takes work and it takes investment and it takes time. So this morning... I want to share just three ideas of things that you could do to invest into your marriage. But I've asked a guest speaker to join me this morning to help me in this task. Now, we are very, very honored to have this guest speaker. This guest speaker is very hard to come by. But they've agreed to join us today on the stage, and they are an expert in marriage and relationships. They have so much experience. This particular guest speaker has been married uh, to a particularly challenging individual uh, for 19 years now, so has learned a lot about marriage in that time. So would you welcome to the stage my wife, Casey Jane. (laughs) So we did decide which side you want to sit on. That side, okay. It's the best side for you. So, <laughs> she is so excited. Let's sit closer. Let's make out we, we love each other. <laughs> so, uh, there goes the water. This is the first time we've ever done something like this. And, um, you know, when I prepare for this series, I, I speak to Casey so much about this, and she gives me so many great insights and so much. And I, so I said to her early on, I think it would be great if you could come and speak one of the Sundays, just join me, and we could kind of speak together. And she's like, absolutely not. But uh, <laughs> I kept working, I kept working, because I just think there are some things that you need to hear direct from her. She's brilliant. So, uh, so we're going to talk here this morning. So I've got uh, my first question is, what's it like being married to Dave Jane? I'm just kidding. You have got to ask. We need another sermon series for that. That's a whole sermon <laughs> for that one. So we thought, we've talked through this case and I, and there are three kind of areas that we've learned in our relationship. And I honestly, this is just three things that maybe help you. It's three out of a thousand things that could help relationships. But since we've been married 19 years ago, uh, and we're not perfect, but we've, we've tried to apply these three principles so we're going to talk about them this morning. The first, and actually, the, ti- the, segment of this, the title of this segment is This Is Us. This Is Us. And if you watch the TV show, if you're a fan out there, okay, This Is Us. So the first thing is learning to adapt. When you get married to someone, when you begin a new relationship, you have to learn to adapt. So Casey's going to start out with a little story about that. Okay, so um, this happened very early on for us. Actually, it was on our honeymoon. Um, we... Well, I grew up in a, a big family. I have five siblings. So vacations for me were we would jump into our big old conversion van, drive for hours, get to the beach. We'd probably, we usually would stop off at the store, get all these groceries, and then we'd get to this place that we rented, and we pretty much parked it there for the week. We might go out for dinner one night, but for the most part, vacation for us was relaxation. Like, you just hang. You're just at the beach. You're just chilling, you know. So naturally, I thought when we booked this amazing resort in Europe, that's where we, um, we had to go back to England to do a reception when we got married. So we, his parents paid we for We had this. a wedding here, and then we went back to England and yeah. had like a reception for my family and friends back there. So his parents sent us to this amazing resort. So, you know, of course, I thought, wow, we're on the beach. There's all these pools. It's food everywhere. We don't need to go anywhere. We don't, you know, we're just going to relax. 
Uh, no, that wasn't the case. <laughs> we, um, Dave pulls out, the first day we were there, he pulls out this piece of paper with all these handwritten notes all over it. And I was like, what is that? He's like, oh, this is all the stuff that we're going to do. And I'm like, who does that? It's just his vacation. <laughs> but there was so much to see. I mean, there was like excursions. There was a lot to do all around this place. You can't go there and not do it. <laughs> well, you can. <laughs> but we did it all. And most of my memories of our honeymoon are me asleep in the car on our way to all these different places that we had to see and we couldn't miss. We rode a camel. That was good. We did ride a camel. We <laughs> saw volcanoes. Yeah. I mean, it was, a, it was an amazing trip, but uh, I expected just chilling. And even to this day, every vacation is like that. We, <laughs> Dave's checked out everything that we need to do before we get there, and I'm thinking, all right, we're just going to chill out. Happens every time. I'm taken caught off guard every time. And um, I, we even have this phrase called day three, because usually on vacations, day three is the one that everything explodes. <laughs> And we, we get into this big argument, and then we, then we relax. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll do this. Okay, I'll relax. I'll try to stay yeah. in one place for a little bit, and then we compromise. Right. So the funny part to kind of counter this story is that, um, you know, I was talking earlier about Hollywood's view of marriage and how it's kind of warped sometimes. But actually, the truth is that um, when Case and I were still just dating, I wasn't even sure if she was the one, but we were dating, and my parents had come to visit, and um, we, uh, uh, we went on a trip to Florida, the Florida Keys, me and my parents. And while we were there, I, it was a typical Jane vacation. We were out snorkeling. We went on a sunset cruise out in the ocean. You know, there's so much to do. It was awesome. And... It was funny because I'd seen the movie Jerry Maguire, and if you've seen that movie, you'll know there's a scene where he realizes at the end of the movie that all this great stuff's happened in his life, but she wasn't there with him to experience it, and that's when he realized that she was the one because he didn't enjoy it without her there. And I can honestly say, and I'll tell Case this story, that on that vacation, as much as I was enjoying all this stuff, there was a part of me that was just like, but I want Case here with me to enjoy this. So in that moment, I knew this was the lady I wanted to marry, Unbeknownst to me, if she was there, she wouldn't have enjoyed it. She doesn't want to go on snorkeling trips and cruises. Yes, but let's just say, okay, that is your fault that I don't like the water. That, that, and that goes back to our honeymoon. We don't need to tell that story. Well, <laughs> it's pretty important. <laughs> anyway, he took us out on a catamaran, and apparently they shouldn't have taken it out that day. It, it was, was too windy. pretty choppy. So I ended up starting this whole puke fest. <laughs> All the other people on the boat started puking because I puked. And he took video of it, and I'm just there. He jumps in the water, goes off, snorkeling, doing whatever for the day, and I'm just curled up in a field position, just dreaming of home. And we're still together 19 years later. So I feel like we are qualified to talk on this subject. But what we've come to learn through our marriage is just this, man, we, we're different. And, and when you get married, and if you're married here today, you'll know this. It's, it's like, and it's not like you learn all this in the first couple of weeks. Every stage of marriage, and here's what I think we've learned the most in our marriage, is we've learned to adapt at the different stages that have come in life. So we've gone through, you know, some stages in life of, you know, just being husband and wife. Case was working full-time, I was working full-time, and then we had Ben, and she was a stay-at-home mom, you know, and then um, we moved to another town, and then she, uh, she had Will, and then she got a part-time job, and then she wasn't working, and then we moved back. And, and through all these different stages of life, 
what we've discovered as a couple is that, you know, life changes. And, and the person you're married to can change as well. Those different stages of life bring different changes. So we've actually had to make the choice through those different stages to fall in love again with this, this new stage of life. You know, so, so to fall in love again with now the, the mother of my children, to fall in love again, you know, with the, the, the lead pastor of a church, because that's, that's kind of new. <laughs> We're still working on that one. But, uh, <laughs> but through these different stages, you change. But that's the commitment of marriage, and that's where I always get frustrated with the Hollywood kind of, uh, because that doesn't paint that picture very clearly sometimes. And we see relationships go through difficult times and then couples break up because they weren't willing to adapt and change. So I think that's probably the first thing we've really committed to is, um, and I wrote here in my notes, you need to choose to fall in love again with the person you married. It's a choice you make throughout marriage to choose again and again to fall in love with that person that you married. All right. Second one, investing time. Invest in time. Okay, so um, this is always something that has been pretty important to us. Um, but I would say that um, in our early years, it wasn't as difficult, I don't feel like, to make sure we set time aside because we didn't have any kids. It was just us. We had similar work schedules, so, you know, it wasn't hard to, and I don't, and you don't, you don't realize, you know, when you fast forward the years, all that you're going to pack in, you, the more you say yes to, the children, their schedules, um, the job demands change and all that. So, Early on, we, I don't think we struggle with that as much. Um, and even when we had kids, I feel like uh, when, once you got over that newborn phase um, and their routine was sorted, we still had mostly our evenings together. You know, they had to go to bed, so we had our evenings, and we still did our good occasional date nights. And um, I don't feel like it was as a struggle as much as it probably is now. So about five years ago, maybe less, um, we really decided to get more intentional about our time together and to have a specific time. We, we set aside, we, obviously our schedules are crazy now, um, and we don't have set um, days off of the weekend to spend together. So we take a um, Friday off together, and usually at least, at least a couple of hours. We, can, we try to take most of the day, but obviously stuff comes up. So, um, and, it, and it looks different. Um, Every week. Sometimes it's just we just want to stare at a wall and go see a movie. Um, other times we're in deep discussion over lunch. Um, it, it's not the same, but it is intentional, and it's just for us. And what we found is since we've created that Friday together, um, it's definitely more of um, an intentional, meaningful time, and we look forward to that every week. And so instead of just connecting quick on a daily basis, which we're pretty good at at mm -hmm. the dinner hour before dinner's we'll, before dinner's ready, we'll sort of be like how's your day? How's We we realize in this stage of our lives we can't exist on that alone. That we just we just literally were existing. So our Fridays are pretty important. And that that looks different for everybody. I mean, if it if it's just 2 hours that you know that that's going to be yours for your week, that's that's what you've got or um, a Saturday night or whatever. But for us, that has been huge and pretty defining in our relationship. Mm -hmm. And I am super protective of this, and I have to force him to like, no, no, that, that I, I'm on your calendar. You cannot put somebody else in that spot. <laughs> um, just to make sure that we are extremely intentional. Yep. Um, so I, uh, I heard a pastor talk about this once. I thought it was a great illustration. He says that part of the issue between men and women is that uh, he used this illustration like um, how guys can be with a car. 
You know, if we've got a car and it's running, that's fine. You know, why, why mess with it? Why do anything with it? You know, as long as it gets me from A to B, as long as it's running okay, it's not making any noise, it's not leaking oil, I'm okay with that. That's how, how guys kind of think, you know. Women, on the other hand, you know, they want to they wanna dig, when it comes to relationships, they don't want to just be like, hey, if it's not broke, don't fix it. They want to be like, no, how can we get better? You know, what can we, you know, and so, so Casey likes having these discussions with me, and, and I'm kind of, you know, this kind of man like, hey, I think we're doing great. Why even talk about it? <laughs> you know, so this, uh, this time that we've set aside, you know, this is good for us, and I've noticed in our relationship, it's almost like a bank account. It's a deposit where we have these times together, and it makes that deposit, because I'll be honest with you, there are withdrawals during the week. There are times where I forget to tell her about a meeting I've got or something happens, you know, and you're, you're making withdrawals. And if that account is empty, that's when the tension really comes. But I think sometimes because we make the intentionality to build into that account, it helps that. So um, part of this as well, we even took it a little bit further. So this was upon the advice of a friend of ours who was a relationship counselor at a church we used to work at. And uh, we were talking once, we were out as a couple, and uh, we were, it was Case and I and the, him and his wife. And we were talking about, we lived up near Chicago, we talked about maybe getting away just the two of us into the city. We hadn't done that since we'd been up there, I don't think, and we were just looking forward to maybe a little night away together. And he said, this relationship counselor, he says, Dave, that's really important to do that. He was older than us. You know, his kids were kind of college age. But he said, uh, it's so important that you remember, and I've got to read my notes here to make sure I, I get it right. So before this lady became your wife, before she became the mother of your child, before she became the, the keeper of your home, sometimes it's good to get away with not that person, but to get away with your lover. I said, really? <laughs> he said, yes, because that's who you originally fell in love with. And as you've gone through these different stages of life, sometimes it's good just for the two of you to have that time where you, you go back and you remind her who she is to you. Because before she's your, the mother of your children, all these kind of things, you know, she was your lover. And I was like, oh. He's like, no, no, it's, it's important. You need to, to have this quality time. So we kind of made it a, a goal in our marriage, you know, through the years. To, we have great family vacations, and we enjoy going away as a family with the kids. But we try, if it's just a night away, uh, we've actually done some you know, two or three nights away to um, Florida or Mexico, places like that. And, and it, it's different for everyone. Everyone has different things that they can do. But just to have that time as a husband and a wife. And we've actually felt that's really helped us. Because we recognize there's going to come a time where our kids are going to get old and they're going to go off to college. And it's just going to be the two of us left. And I don't want to get to that stage of my life and, and look across the table and say, how are we, who are you? You know, not have that relationship. I want to keep building into that relationship so when that stage of life comes, that we continue on. And I'm sitting outside a pub like John at the age of 70, holding hands with this girl and just enjoying the same lady I married all those years before. So is that what I, um, we're going to say on that thing? Yeah, I think we've... Um... I'll say oh. one more thing about that. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, a lot of times I talk to couples and or wives mainly, um, and it is hard because you get, you get into this rut of um, raising your children and you, it's very easy to forget about us, you know, yourselves. And um, that this, this is a step for some people to, to schedule going away and they're like, oh, well, what are we going to talk about if we don't talk about the kids? We don't, we don't put restrictions on what we're, we're not talking about because the they're going to come up. And I know people say, don't talk about kids, don't talk about work. For us, it, that works for us. We, we talk about it all. Um, but 
We even, I remember going on one trip and we were on the little train going to the airport and we were sitting there going, oh, the boys would love this. Look, there's, yeah. look at the planes. They'd really enjoy seeing all the planes. But if this is a struggle for you and you've, you've, you've gotten into this rut of what are we going to talk about? What are we, you know, what are we going to do? How can we be that, together that long because you're, you're not used to it? Just be kind to yourself. Just go and don't have crazy high expectations, but just, you know, count every little conversation and... Um, little goal that you, you meet as a win and do it now so that when you are older, you don't have to start from scratch again. Should I mention that? Mm. Yeah, sure. Uh, okay. This so is my, a hard one because our kids are in the room. Yeah, so my Sorry, kids boys. are already freaked out because they're here and we're talking about the word lover. But um, <laughs> they're like, ah. <laughs> so I used to be in youth ministry and um, I can remember, so it was a different phase of life for me teaching teenagers then, and obviously you're talking to a lot of teens who are beginning relationships, and I remember I'd use this illustration a lot. I'd say, you know, the devil, he's going to try uh, his hardest to, to cause you to have sex before you're married. He's going to really tempt you in that area. That's one area he's really going to tempt you a lot in, to have sex before you're married, to have sex outside of marriage. And the crazy thing is, when you get married, he's going to try just as hard to stop you having sex inside of marriage. And I used to remember at the time, I, don't even, I can't remember if I was married at the time or not, but I remember thinking, that doesn't really make sense. But, um, but I think it's true. I think God created sex as this amazing thing to unite couples. And I think that it's unhealthy outside of marriage. It can cause emotional harm. It can, be, uh, um, it can, it can cause damage outside of marriage. But I also believe that it can be just as harmful when it's not a part of marriage. I think it's just as much as God didn't intend it to be outside of marriage, he intended it to be in, in marriage. So, you know, we, uh, we've just made this, this time away, you know, this is kind of like, this is important to us. So, yeah, that's all we're going to say about that. Well, I'll just say, I, I ditto that. I mean, a lot of times it's the, of course, the husband saying that, but I actually feel, the, <laughs> I actually feel the same way. I feel like it's important. Ooh. We should... Uh, <laughs> We should desire our spouses. It should be us that's, that's fulfilling them. And it's an extremely important part of marriage. And that's all I'm going to say. Sorry, boys, wherever you are. Awesome. Lunch is going to be great today. All right. Last, last one. And this is, this is a really big one that we both come at from different angles. So this last one is avoid the comparison trap. Avoid the comparison trap. And here's uh, Casey will start out by that, and then I'll finish it off. So. Okay, so this is um, pretty huge for me, and um, I might have to read my notes a little bit because I want to make sure I say what I wanted to say. Um, comparison is a tough thing, and I think especially for women. I think, um, I think for guys, maybe they don't deal with that as much. They're just, you know, getting about their day. They're putting their things in their compartments. And, but girls just, um, we just um, are so critical, and women are critical of each other, and it seeps in. We're critical of ourselves, and... Um, it's such a dangerous, slippery slope. Um, we compare, you know, we're comparing looks, hair, our clean houses, um, and... Instagram. Yeah, Instagram, <laughs> which really isn't even real. Um, anyway, um, and we expect our, our husbands to be Mr. Perfect, like another husband they might have seen. And there's no such thing, and we're not perfect. And that, that I find that really hard sometimes when... Um, Wives are so um, judgmental of their husbands because, um, and I'm probably going to be in so much trouble. You guys are going to be all mad at me. Um, 
But we get into this trap. We're like, you can't do this right. You can't do this right. And um, we're looking at the grass is green. The grass is greener perspective, and that is um, a completely false, false idea. Um, I have. A, I had a friend say to me a couple weeks ago. We have. We have a mutual friend, and they were like, "Oh, that couple. Their kids are so cute. They're so beautiful. They're just so perfect." And I obviously, I'm not going to say anything. But this friend had no idea that this this couple actually has some pretty real struggles, just like everyone else. And um, I just said, listen, love the one you're with, like, realize what you have, because we all have our, our own stuff. Um, and this friend I, is, is uh, comparing this Instagram life to her real life, and it's just, it's, it's just not an equal comparison. Um, I... Uh, I really struggle with um, that whole idea that grass is always greener. And I know that there are exceptions. Um, but for the main part, if we're watering our own grass, then we will take care and grow our marriage and not looking at what somebody else has. Um, I, I fell into this trap a few years ago of just being really critical. Actually, mainly it was critical of myself, but it's seeped seeped into our marriage where, you know, he couldn't do anything right or, you know, I I was constantly thinking, well, if you did this, I would feel like more loved and I feel like you were thinking about me or whatever. And um, I I realized when we kept having the same talk over and over, it was it wasn't just that. There was, there was several things that was kind of our stuff was our stuff. And the, this stuff kept coming up year after year after year. And so I realized, like, wait, wait a minute. Okay, this, this might be my thing. So um, through some, encou- some counseling and some, um, I have a pastor's wife friend who's a life coach, and really diving deep into some t- tough questions of myself, I realized that here I am thinking that if he would just do this and he would change, then, you know, everything would be great. And not that I didn't know that I had my own junk too, but what happened in that experience for me was truly grasping um, the, the love of God for me. Um, and I know that's weird to say as a, as a pastor's wife, we've been in ministry all our married lives, but I had forgotten about about that, and until you fully, like that song said today that was saying, I am a child of God, until you fully grasp that, for me, it's very hard to, um, to accept that from your husband as well. You, you won't feel like anything's ever, ever right or quite, but anyway, it's really hard for me to explain because it was a very um, <coughs> involved time in my life. It wasn't just that. It was a lot of details that I won't go into today, but God took me on a journey um, that I, I am not going to, I'm not the one to change Dave. I can only change myself. And through that, our marriage has tra- changed dramatically. Yeah. So I think that's um, mainly what you jump in, and then if All I right. have more on my notes, I'll come back. So when it comes to comparison, it was interesting because, you know, Case was brilliant there, what she just shared. So I feel like myself anyway, and maybe some other guys in the room, uh, our comparison can kind of work the other way. So we'll have these times sometimes where we'll sit down on one of our lunches or one of yeah. our weekends away and she'll say, so how do you think we are? How do you think our marriage is? And I'll be like, great. 
I think we're doing great. I mean, I'm, I'm like this optimist. I'm like, and she's like, really? You don't think we could be better in this area? And I was like, no, no. And here's where the comparison trap creeps in for me. I'm like, well, because look at that guy. Or look at that. You know, I'm doing much better than him. And I'm, you know, I'm doing a lot. You know, you know, what, what's this? Yeah, see, I'm not, the, you know. And, uh, and that's where I use the comparison trap. I, I say, well, I'm better than, instead of looking at myself and, and comparing me to who I could be, comparing me to the best version of me. So that's where my kind of comparison trap creeps in and, and gets me. So um, it's, it's back to that car illustration. Hey, if the car's running, why worry? <laughs> you know, let's not talk about it. It's going okay. But Case, you know, she's always wanted to dig a little bit deeper and how can we be better and what could we be doing more? And um, so just this week in preparing this message, as we're talking about all this, she's like, you know, if we're talking about this, I need to talk to you about something. And we get into this. I'm like, no, 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 we don't. No, let's just talk about the message. Let's... <laughs> But we kind of get into this. We were sat side by side on the couch. It worked well. So the uh, enemy was in front of us, not between us. But um, as she sat there, she said, you know, um, and, and I'll be honest here today. I'll tell you what happened. So when we went away recently for our anniversary, uh, we had a lovely couple of nights in Chicago. And we had some really nice meals while we were up there. And she said, how do you think that trip was? I was like, awesome. It was great. We got away. We worked with the kids. She's like, well, I was kind of hoping, you know, during some of those meals, we might go a little bit deeper in the conversation. And I was like... I thought we were good. You know, we talked about the weather. <laughs> and she's like, I want to I want to connect to this. I was like, well, I don't, I, you know, we, we kind of got into this uh, little kind of discussion. And I'm like, well, I just, I think we're doing okay. And, and um, I found myself sitting on the couch wishing that we were teaching a different series right now and not talking about relationships because I didn't want to have this conversation. But then I remembered this sermon this guy had a while back about this big capital I and wanting to look after the desires of your spouse. I'm like, oh, dear. That's, if I'm going to preach that from the platform, I should probably say, well, you know, what are your desires? And she, we talked about this. And so we made a commitment this week. There's a couple, some friends of ours who are a little bit older. They love Jesus. They've got a great relationship. We're going to meet with them and talk about this. You know, how do you work through that, those kind of deep discussions, going to those places where maybe it doesn't come naturally to one, but it does more, but the other one's desire. So we're, we're going to meet and talk through that. But um, the comparison trap is that I keep wanting to say, I'm okay, because I'm better than that guy. And the comparison, I think, for sometimes is to look at yourself and say, can I be better? So that's where I think comparison messes me up. Is that good? Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> thanks. Am I next? Well, we can conclude unless you got <laughs> yeah. more you want to say. Okay. No, that's good. Okay. Am I? I'll go. You go. Okay. All right. I'll wait. See how we work together. <laughs> it's brilliant. <laughs> okay. So through all this, um, you know, I get the 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 comments sometimes like, "Oh, you guys have it so together," and it and it, it is a person. We we get that a lot, and it's a perspective because of who we are and this title we have. But I want everybody to know that we are not perfect, obviously, mm -mm. and we we only just scratched the surface today. So. Um, but we, um, we are just striving to be more of who we're supposed to be. That's all. That's all that um, I feel is required of us to, to continue to grow together. And um, I don't want you guys to think that we're anybody special because obviously we all have our own junk. And we, I am totally um, obsessed with the, the new TV show, This Is Us. Is anybody else watching that? It is so good. And he, I finally think I talked him into yeah, watching it with me because yeah. he's, he, he didn't like, he didn't watch Parenthood with me, but I told him this one he, he needs to do. So anyway, um, This Is Us is such an incredible um, description of a family and they have this ability to take, to pull you back into their past and then bring them back up to the present day 
and you get, to, you get to see why they are the way they are, and you just fall in love with these characters, and um, all of them. I, there's not one that I don't like. Um, you fall in love with all of them because you see their story, and that's how um, I feel like our lives are. We all have these stories, and they're, they're moving along, and sometimes we get heavy setbacks, and sometimes, you know, that sets us way back. But if we're committed to each other, um, there is that potential to, to grow and, and move forward in those um, valleys that we go through. Um, and that's, I think that's why everyone's relating to this show so much, because it's real life. We can, we can get, this, get these people. You know, there's people that are dealing with real life struggles, and that's who all of us are. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's... Yeah, that's yeah. brilliant. And I think, just to kind of close out here, so when I think of that phrase, this is us, I've not watched the show yet, but um, I don't want to ever be in that place where I'm like, well, this is us. You know, because I feel like uh, that would be an easy default to go to in a marriage. It's like, you know what, this is us. You know, and just kind of settle, say, that's, that's who we are. These are the chips we've been dealt. You know, let's hope things... To, I never want to be in that place. I want to work all the time and say, how can we be the best version of us possible? So, I don't know about you, I've enjoyed teaching this series over the last couple of weeks. Next Sunday is our last Sunday in the series. I think something I've enjoyed most about the series is that we haven't answered all the questions. In fact, we've probably (laughs) answered less questions than we have left unanswered questions. But I'm hoping that what it's doing is it's generating discussion with you. If you're a married couple here this morning, maybe through the date night or something like that, it's caused you just to start talking about this subject rather than just existing. You know, so what can we do to invest into our relationship? I had a guy the first Sunday text me that afternoon. He said, hey, I love that you brought up this point, but what's the answer to this question? So I kind of answered him, and I said, but to be honest with you, I think you're going to find that during this series, you may be left with more answers or more questions than answers. So here's what I want to do for our last Sunday next week, and I'm going to need your help, because I feel like we could talk about this subject from so many different angles and so many different perspectives, but I want to make sure that I really am trying to uh, maybe answer some questions that you're asking. So pop that last slide up. Um, I need your help. I want some questions that you might have on marriage, okay? If you can send me these questions this week, that'll help me as I prepare for our final message next Sunday, okay? So you've got a couple of options. You can email to info at connectwashington.org. You can text to 309-863-5458, or you can use the app. Now, let me tell you about the app. If you use the app, it's set up to be completely anonymous, So if you're like, I couldn't ask that question, I won't even know that it was you that asked it. Now, if you email, I will say, now, John here says his wife's a real complainer. So um, let's... uh, (laughs) I won't. That would cause a much bigger marriage uh, series need to be done. I won't mention anyone's names or anyone's email addresses, but I do want to know what the questions are that you're looking to answers for. What is it that you want to, maybe in this series, it's kind of created some questions. You're like, I thought we were doing okay. Now I'm not so sure. You know, what do you think about this? What does the Bible have to say about this? So, so please send me an email, send me a text, use the app if you want to make it anonymous or use the app and sign your name. I don't care. But send us some stuff this week so we can tackle those issues next week. So um, I hope you enjoyed this morning. We've been running now as a church for three years and about four months. So look forward to in about another three years or four months seeing Casey again on the stage because it's taken us this long. But did she do a fantastic job this morning? 
I'm a little bit biased, but uh, I think she's amazing. Um, but as we've talked about this, I was like, Case, I need them to hear you say that, because it needs to come from you. And it did, and she did great. So let's pray, shall we? Shall I pray? Or do you want to? I'll pray. Okay. <laughs> God, we just love you so much. And I just thank you for those that are here this morning in so many different phases of life. Maybe some are married, maybe some are not. Maybe some are in relationships that are just going wonderful, but maybe some are struggling right now. Maybe some know you at the center of their lives and are striving to live and follow you. And maybe there are some here this morning that aren't really sure about this whole church and God thing. But I believe, God, that wherever we find ourselves on that spectrum this morning, you love every one of us. You want to speak to every one of us. You want to be a part of our lives wherever we find ourselves. So God, help us, we pray. We can't do this alone. We can't just cross our fingers and hope that our relationship is a bit like the one in the video. We need to, um, to work at it. So help us, Jesus. If we work at it in our own strength alone, it'll be hard work. But we believe that with your help, we can make love stick. So help us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.